0: Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Glory to God. Everybody feeling okay in here today? The temperature cool enough? See anybody nodding off? The ushers are turning it down to 50. (laughs) All right, well, we're going to talk this morning about having faith in the presence of God having faith in the presence of God aren't you glad for his presence aren't you glad he's here this morning aren't you glad he's with you when you leave here today he's with you when you're making lunch taking your afternoon Sunday nap siestas he's with you he doesn't leave you but you know it's important that we as believers that we have faith in his presence you know, he, he, he craves being with you and I. He longs to be with you and I. You're his heart's desire. He wants you to acknowledge him in life. In Job 22, I've got a few scriptures here. I'll just read this and then we'll get into it. Job 22:21. I know you guys spend a lot of time in Job. Job is really a great book. It's a victory book. And if you don't know that, read the end of Job. He ended up with twice as he had in the beginning. And, and uh, it says, uh, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. I like that. We need to be acquainted with God. We need to be acquainted with his presence in our lives. Not just on Sundays. I love Sundays. It's, it's, it's my fave. Didn't Elf say that a bunch of things? That's my fave. But, but I'll tell you what, Sundays are like my fave. I love hanging with you guys, you know, and the corporate anointing, God's presence. I mean, sometimes we're sitting there worshiping God, and I just want to say, sometimes I do say it. Come on, let's roll another. <laughs> Come on, keep it going. But uh, I'll tell you what, we need to be acquainted with him every day in our daily lives. Revelation 3.20 Just again, I'm giving you a couple of random scriptures before we get going. It says this, Jesus talking to John said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and I'll sup with him and he with me. Now, I know a lot of times people have used that verse, and I've done it. I, I, I remember an old friend that I had from high school days, and I went to visit him, and I used that scripture and, and actually prayed with him to get born again. And I said it, You know I said, hey, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, buddy. And, and he, he, he broke down, he cried and prayed and asked Jesus in. But the truth of it is, is that scripture isn't really written to sinners. It's written to you and me. It's written to children of the Most High God like us. And he's saying, saying, hey, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anybody will just open the door, I'll come in and I'll fellowship with him. I'll sup with him. him, Me with him and him with me. I remember one time I, I had this job I was working. And it afforded me the opportunity to pray. I love that. I love that. I don't, I don't ever, you know, promote anybody sloughing off on your job, even to pray. You need to do what you're supposed to do, what you're being paid to do. But this particular job, it was actually advantageous that I prayed. And I remember I was talking to Dana one night, and, and I was on a break, and, and I said, hey, I'm going to, you know, the next part of my shift, I said, I'm going to have some time to pray. I said, and I got some chocolate chip cookies, too. I'm going to be eating them while I'm praying. And she says, Paul, that doesn't sound very scriptural. Eating and praying. And I said, hang on, baby. It says he stands at the door and knocking and if I open, he'll come in and sup with me, me and Jesus are eating some cookies. <laughs> yeah, he likes chocolate chip. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter six sixteen. <laughs> Got my little pastry chef in the family here. It says, in what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll dwell in them and I'll walk in them. I'll be their God and they will be my people. Let me tell you something. This is the new covenant. This is the day you and I are living in. It hasn't always been like this on the earth, but I'm telling you what, ever since Jesus was died, buried, and rose from the dead and people accept him as Lord, I'll tell you, that's, what it's, that's true. It says you're the temple. You and I, I don't ever want to be left out of that. You and I are the temple of the Most High God. He lives in, in us, and I like it. It says that he, he says, I'll dwell in them and I'll walk in them. I'll walk in them. That means when you go for a walk, He's in you, and He goes with you. Wherever you go, God is living in you. What are we talking about today? I'm talking about having faith in the presence of God. Faith in the presence of God, because I'm telling you something, knowing He's with you, knowing His presence is with you, it dispels fear. Knowing He's with you changes every circumstance you face in life. His presence is here today. His presence is living in you and I. He dwells in us. He walks in us. When you and I walk into a room, this isn't braggadocious. This isn't trying to be arrogant. This is just being Bible truth. When you and I walk into a room, God walks in a room. Because He lives in us. He dwells in us. What kind of an attitude would that be to go to work on Monday morning or whenever you go to work to walk in and know that God is walking in? I'm telling you what, it could change some things. It could mean this. It could mean that, man, people get hurt. You might lay hands on them and they'd get healed. It means this. It certainly means this, that people could be unlovable and you could love them. Because God lives in us. His presence is with us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. Look at Hebrews 3 for a moment this morning. What I want to do is just look at some different examples of God's presence in people's lives. Now, I'm not going to explain this in every situation, but know this. That in the Old Testament, God didn't live in people and walk in them the way he does today. You all know that, don't you? You've probably come here enough, or maybe you knew it before you came here. Maybe you listened to people on the radio and you heard this, but but the Bible you read the Bible and you heard this. We live in a new covenant. The old covenant, people weren't born again. All the that was such a, a man, that blew my mind. I remember as a new believer, you know, and, and I'd start reading my Bible and, you know, studying things and and I remember seeing that that, you know, the new birth didn't happen until, you know, the New Testament. And, you know, I'd always heard of Moses and Samson and all these big heroes of, of the faith, you know. And the, the thought that they weren't even born again, it just about knocked me off my chair. But there is a difference. So some of the stories I'm going to share with you this morning are dealing with people that God loved intensely, but they didn't even live in the covenant that you and I live in. We're living in a better day. We're living in a day... Where we can, we, can, we can confidently, boldly say that God's living in us. Wow. Now, you know, again, I always give these little disclaimers. You know, I probably wouldn't show up for work Monday morning and look at everybody and say, By the way, God just walked in. Oh. <laughs> or, you know, of course, my favorite, walking down the cereal aisle at Walmart. God's walking down the aisle. Now, I might inwardly say that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, that isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having a confidence. I'm talking about having faith in the Most High God. I'm talking about believing the Word, that it's true, and that everything I face, I don't face it alone, but He walks with me. He lives in me. There's a couple uh, books that have been written over the years that I know of. Uh, one, the, probably the most famous one is, is Brother Lawrence's Practicing His Presence. And it was this, this monk. And, you know, it's really kind of, kind of a, it's a, it's a very routine book. <laughs> Is that okay to say? Uh, you know, I've read it a couple times. And, and it's basically this guy's diary. And he, going through the mundane things of life, but making this challenge that he was going to do it with the consciousness that God was with him. Sometimes we do things that we think of as great And we think, well, of course God's with us. You think, well, I'm going to church. God's with me. Or I'm witnessing to someone and God's with me. And thank God he is. But this guy took it down to the level that, hey, I'm washing the dishes. God's with me. Another guy named Frank Laubach. A lot of times I I quote him because he wrote a New Testament. he He actually translated the New Testament. And I like it, the Laubach translation. But he also wrote a book. And he did the same thing that Brother Lawrence did. And he just made a practice, you know, that whatever he did in life, that, you know, God was with him. And that, that he, didn't, he didn't, you know, he wasn't doing it alone. Hallelujah. What am I saying this morning? Well, let's do that. Let's do that too. Let's do that too. You know, man, whatever it is you're going through, know this, that you got the presence of God in you and upon you. In you and upon you. Not just upon you, but in you. We watched a Food Channel last night. I tell you, one of the biggest mistakes in life you can make is watch the Food Channel before bed when you're hungry. <laughs> I don't care what they show; I get the I get hungry for it, you know. I was mowing the lawn one day, and I came in, and Dana was making strawberry pancakes. She had not made them the whole time we'd been married. I was watching the Food Network, man, and they, they made this. So last night we watched it, and they were making blue. What it was blueberry pancake something, throw down or whatever, and and, <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and, and uh, there's a challenge going on to see who can make the best blueberry pancakes. I to tell you what, you know, you can have blueberry pancakes where they sprinkle on a f- few blueberries, but if you really want to win the challenge, you've got to have the blueberries in the pancakes, on the pancakes, poured over and dripping on the pancakes <laughs> And, and when it's totally saturated, they take a bite and they go, that was the winner. <laughs> Hallelujah, he's in us, he's upon us. He's oozing out all over us. See us in the spirit, we'd just be a mess. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3. It says, wherefore, now, you know, again, in the the New Testament, you know, he's going to go back and talk about some things the children of Israel did. And, you know, the Bible clearly tells us this, that these things get brought up as examples. Because, you know, the thing that we have in common with the children of Israel and with Moses and Samson and and all those things, all those people that we, we read about is that we're all human and we had flesh. And we all go through the same kinds of trials and temptations. And we, we could be prone to do the same thing if we're, if we're not warned. It says in Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the prov- provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Now remember that. It says, And when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years... Wherefore, I was grieved, I was grieved with that generation and said, they always err, do err in their heart, and they've not known my ways. I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. So, my goodness, does that inspire you? (laughs) Woo, Woo, This is the one thing I take away from that. Whatever it is they did, I don't want to do it. (laughs) <laughs> whatever these guys did, I mean, it, it grieved God. And, and he said, wow, you know, don't, don't do what these guys did. So how many want to know what they did? Exodus 17. Exodus 17, it, it, it goes on, it says this. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin. After their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Repidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses, and said, Give us water that we may drink. Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses, and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Moses cried unto the Lord and said, What shall I do to this people? They they be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, and that wherewith thou smotest the river. Okay, he took the rod that he you know part of the Red Sea. Take it in thy hand and go. Behold, I'll stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel. And I get this, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Here's the deal. I'm talking about having faith in the presence of God. And just like these guys, the writer of Hebrews warns us, he says, don't do like they did. There are times in life, challenges that face us, where it can be tempting to say, hey, where is God? But what I'm telling you today is have faith in the presence of God. He's the need meter. He is the rewarder. He's there for you. He wants to help you in the situations that you're facing. Don't deny his presence. Let's walk through life with a consciousness that God is for us, and he's in us, and he's upon us. Genesis 39. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I don't have to do these things alone. I'm so glad that when I leave Menominee at 2.30 in the morning on Wednesday morning, that God's going with me. He never slumbers nor sleeps. Hallelujah. That, that guy's got it covered, man. Don't care what time you wake up. He's there, and he's there for you. <laughs> you don't catch him off guard. He doesn't get rattled. I like that about him. He doesn't get rattled when things happen, things go on in the earth. You know, I mean, he barely taps his finger on the throne. He's got it under control. He says, yeah, things are taken care of. Price has been paid. My presence goes with you. Glory to God. Genesis 39, talking about Joseph. Joseph was brought down to Egypt, verse 1. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. We could read the whole life of Joseph. I'm not going to this morning. I'm going to read one, maybe two excerpts. But it's an example of someone walking in this kind of favor. You know, favor? Did he say favor? Yeah. When you're walking in the consciousness of God's presence in your life, you're, you're walking in the favor. It affects people. It affects people. I don't care what kind of situation you or I get into. I'm telling you what, his favor can make us rise to the top. Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, uh, bought him uh, of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down, down there. How's that? And the Lord was with Joseph. That's so good to know. The Lord was with Joseph, and he, he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over the house and all that he had put into his hand. So here's the deal. I mean, there is such levels... Of walking with God walking with the Master that it becomes evident to the people around you people know there's something about you something about you that's good it'll affect it you're like a bomb you're like a bomb and you get planted in some place I'm telling you what it goes it just affects everybody in the room it's God's presence it's his favor upon your life See, this, you know, you could have looked at this. I mean, how you look at things makes such a difference. Here's this guy. He'd been beaten, stripped, thrown in a pit, and and, and left for dead, pulled out, sold as a slave. Here he is in Egypt, and basically he could have been thinking, I'm basically a slave here. He could have had a slave mentality, but instead he had a God-conscious mentality. And it changed the situation. See this stuff, it'll work anywhere. This stuff released will change any person. I remember, I tell you, you know, I tell stories. That's why I'm going back to Haiti. I'm getting some more stories. <laughs> <laughs> Dane and, and I saw this man when we were caretakers at an apartment complex when we were first married. You know, it was before we even had kids. Good night, that was a long time ago. And, and uh, we worked in this, this apartment complex, and we, we got this job working there as caretakers because it was advertised it was free rent. And I gotta tell you something, there's no free rent in life, okay? And we signed up, it was a really nice place over in Edina, uh, Minnesota, and, and I had two pools, tennis courts, all racquetball, they had everything, man. If I only had time to do some of it. But, but uh, basically, you know, uh, we did that. You know, it wasn't our full-time job, but, but it could have been. And they, we basically became their slaves. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was back then I said, I'll never have an answering machine because I knew if I did, they'd catch me any time I was ever, uh, any, if I was sleeping, waking, or in or out or whatever. I do have one now. But anyway, praise the Lord. Back then I said, Dana, we're not having one. Anyway, but, but um, it was very hard. And, and the people that we worked for, the office had a reputation of being tyrants. You'd meet with all the other caretakers. I forget, how many were there, Dana? Man, scores of them, it seemed. We'd meet for a meeting and it would fill a room. All these people were caretakers. And, and you know what? We went around and did our job. And I, I'll tell you this, we didn't even do the best job, probably, of everybody there. But we had such favor that rested upon us that affected those people that they, they sought us out to be their friends we got invited to social events with the office people so we went to a few but we got to be a point where all they wanted us to do was train other people how to do what we did and that's it you know, we were like cruising yeah I'll tell you what the favor of God will promote you and 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 uh, you know I, I went up to the office when we started because it was an insurmountable task because people were sloppy we had the pet building it was probably the messiest building in the place we didn't even have a pet did we oh yeah we had a cat we had a cat so we had the pet building but, uh, you know, I, and, and I just said, man, listen, guys, I just went up to the people in the office and I looked them in the eye and I said, listen, me and Dana, we are good workers and we're going to do the best for you. But I want you to know that sometimes I clean that place up at six in the morning and by nine o'clock it's messy again, but I'm telling you what, we'll clean it up. But if you walk through and it's not good, you know we're on the job and we will take care of it. I let them know that. You know, that did that promoted favor. I shared my heart with them and they, they, they said, oh. Oh, this guy's not sloughing. Sometimes you've got to do some things like that. And, and, and I, so I'm telling you this, that in any situation, in any place you're in, God's presence on you will cause you to rise up. Joseph, in verse, chapter 39, verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. Okay, we I didn't tell you the whole story, but if you don't know it, you come ask me after church when we're wow. enjoying the good treats that are outside stuff joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in prison have you ever felt like you're in prison have you ever felt like you're bound up in life i'm telling you what the presence of god works in those places it says the lord was with him again verse 21 it says but the lord was with joseph god isn't afraid of those tough places in life His presence doesn't back off. It doesn't come to, well, that's too dark for me to enter in. No, he goes into every place. He goes in with you. It says, and he showed him mercy and gave him great favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed uh, to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything because it was under the hand of Joseph. Because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. I'm telling you what, you may not be the best at what you do, or you may not be the smartest in in your field, but I'm telling you what, if you've got the presence of God in your life, that's what counts. That's what counts. He'll cause you to, 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 to be in charge. Here he was in prison, but he was put in charge. Exodus chapter 3. Now, here it is, Moses was arguing with God. Have you ever argued with God? I've argued with God. I've said the same kind of things that Moses said. One time I told Dana when I get to heaven, one of the first people I want to meet is Moses, because I relate to him. Now, she was surprised because she thought I'd say the Apostle Paul, because I love the Apostle Paul, and I dig into his stuff. But I said, ah, Moses, man, I relate to the guy. He argued with God the way I argue with God. And, and here God was calling Moses to go out there and be the deliverer, you know, be the man, the representative. And I got to tell you something. God always works through men and women here on the earth. His presence is everywhere, but it takes a man or a woman of God to stand up for God to move upon and through to free people. And so Moses was saying, oh, God, I don't think I can do it. I'm not the most eloquent. I am not the most skilled but he says this, uh, you know, here he gives the argument in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. In verse 12 he says, but certainly I'll be with thee, and this shall be a token of thee that I've sent thee. So this is what God says to Moses. He, he didn't argue that Moses wasn't eloquent. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> but he says, listen, Moses, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. That's all you need to be a champion in life. to know that God is with you jumping down to verse 13 here chapter 33 verse 13 I guess it's quite a leap He says now therefore I pray thee if I have found grace in thy sight show me uh, show me now thy way that I may know thee that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people and he said my presence shall go with thee and I'll give thee rest And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. When you know God's presence is with you, you know, it gives you rest, it gives you peace, it allows you to, you know, to to function the way that you need to. Hallelujah. I can get nerved up in life. Do you ever get nerved up? goodness I'm I'm a last-minute guy I'm so I just I you know I tell on Dana all the time but I tell on me just as much and Dana I don't care what you say about me when you preach next week so okay go ahead (laughs) but I can be such a last-minute person you know I I I know I've been planning to go to Haiti now for whatever since last year and I I call my mom frequently I'm not a big phone talker either I don't really like phones you'd think I would wouldn't you I don't really like to talk on the phone a whole lot. So, you know, i got a mom. My dad went to heaven a number of years ago, and so I try to call her, you know, five out of seven days in the week. But I never talk long. I only talk, you know, five minutes probably the max. (laughs) Is that about it, Dana? (laughs) Maybe five minutes, but I call her frequently. Just about every day, I call her. She says, Paul, have you started packing yet? (laughs) Said, "No, ma, haven't done it." I did get the suitcase out, though. <laughs> and sometimes what happens with people like me is you get down to the last minute. And, and I tell you what I, I, like I told Mitchell this morning, I'm waiting for a packing unction. <laughs> <laughs> Woo <laughs> But his presence will give you peace. His presence will give you peace. Joshua. Deuteronomy 31. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man and, and uh, saw the presence of God in Moses' life. You know, Joseph or Joshua Joshua had the unique opportunity to view Moses as the man and Moses as the leader. Probably saw some of the insecurities that he fought in life. But he saw the, the victory was the presence of God in, in his life. And... and uh, In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that does go with thee, and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go down unto this people, unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that does go before thee, and he will be with thee, and he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. You see, Joshua saw that it was the presence of God in his life. It caused him to rise up from being Moses' right-hand man to being a fearless leader. That led him into battle and won the fight. Joshua 1.5 says, There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I'll not fail thee, nor forsake thee. See, these are words, man, that'll cause you and I to rise up in life. Because as God was with Moses, as God was with Joshua, as God was with Joseph, he's with us. He's in us, and everywhere we go, he's with us. He walks with us, walks in us. In Judges chapter six, there's a guy named Gideon. I love Gideon. love the Gideons, too. They're, they're good, good people. It says that in verse 11, it says, "There came an angel of the Lord. sat under an oak, which was in Oprah. It pertained unto the Joash and the Abrazite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress, the hide from the Midianites." And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now i got to tell you something. Sometimes, in fact most times, God sees you and I different than you and I see you and I. Did you get all those us and I's? God sees you. God looked at Gideon and he called him a mighty man of valor. This was before Gideon had done any mighty feats. Of valor but God saw in him the potential that was there and Gideon said unto him oh my Lord if thou be with us why then is all this befallen us have you ever asked that you know if God's for us how come how come I'm having challenges how come things are are coming against me because here's the deal you know it's just going back to that first scripture we shared out of Hebrews and and going back to Exodus these people were thirsty they said, "You know, hey, what'd you do? Bring us out here to, you know, to starve and to, to thirst to death." And and you see, sometimes in life, whether it be healing, whether it be faith in the presence of God, sometimes in life, in this earth, in, in this earth, it's a fallen earth. This is a fallen earth. This earth is not the way God intended it to be. In Genesis chapter one through two and to three, verse six. But uh, uh, it's, it's, it's corrupted. It's fallen. And sometimes as you and I walk through this earth, things aren't exactly, you know, uh, a pony ride in sunshine. But I'm telling you, it's when things are looking bad that we've got to hold fast to the word of God, to the words that he has spoken to us through the written word of God. And we need to say, I choose to believe the word. You know, when you're fighting sickness in your life and people come up to you and, you know, sometimes it can be evident that you're fighting something and they say, how you doing? Well, all you need to do is say, I believe the word of God is working in me mightily. The word is working in me mightily. What is that old quote I like to quote? It says that if a field in which the seed had been planted could talk, it would say this, the seed is working in me mightily. When God's Word is planted in your heart, I'm telling you, it might not look like anything's happening out here. But there's action going on on the inside. There's power going on in the unseen realm. Everything out here starts behind the scenes. And it's what goes on behind the scenes that affects the scenes. Anyway... (laughs) All right, where were we? Verse 13, Gideon said unto him, O Lord my God, if the Lord be with us, why has all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Remember when the angel came, he was hiding. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family's poor in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I'll be with thee, and you'll smite the Midianites as one man. I'm telling you this, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter where you ranked in the family. It doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. But when the Lord is with you, you can smite the enemy. You can, you, can, you can get a victory that affects the whole land, that affects your whole family. Sometimes people say, oh, you don't know the family I come from. I'm telling you what, my father, his father, the, that father, great, 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 great granddaddy, they all did the same thing, and they're all bound by the same thing I'm bound with. You can be a champion. You can say the Lord is with me and the curse stops here. I'm walking in the freedom that God provided for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Pastor Paul. Thank you. All right. Hebrews 13, 5. You and me. Let's talk about it for a minute here. I mean, there's other things we could talk about. Solomon. We know. So what do you think of when we think of Solomon? You think of wisdom. Why, did he, why was he wise? He was wise because the presence of God was with him. I like this one. One time Jesus was in the house preaching and and it says that scribes and Pharisees and doctors were of the law they're all hanging out in this house and it was packed it was so packed they couldn't even get in anymore and that was when they, they crawled up on the roof and they had to make a hole for this paralytic to be lowered in the roof to get before Jesus but what it said before that paralytic was lowered before Jesus is that the presence of the Lord was there present to heal present to heal present to heal. Sometimes you go looking for healing. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's right here. It's here. It hasn't left you and it hasn't forsaken you. It's here. It belongs to us. Hebrews 13, verse 5. We've got to read this one. I'm sure I have it in the Amplified here. So I'll just read the whole verse. I want to get to part B of verse 5, but it says, Let your character and moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed. ad, ad, I don't even know what that word is, and it's the New Testament. Lust and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances, and with that which you have. For he, God himself, has said, I'll not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not... I will not, I will not, three times in any degree, leave you helpless, nor forsake you, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Why would the translator of this use three, three times, say the same thing? I will not, I will not, I will not. It's obvious that when he saw this in the original text, there was such a strong uh, uh, language being used that he had to convey it the best he could. So he said, ah, there's no way. I will not, I will not, I will not turn my back on you talking about god's presence talking about god his presence in our life of course the the writer of hebrews i think it was paul but whoever you think it might have been it wasn't signed he said this because the lord is my helper i'll not fear what can man do unto me see that's what happens when you see the lord is your helper when he's on your side when he's his presence is with you you don't need, we don't need to fear men. Matthew 28, verse 18. I'm winding down. It says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them and said this. He said, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, and whatever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Was it John Osteen, not Joel, but John, Joel's dad, someone said once they had a fear of flying? Or was it John that had the fear of flying? Anyway, he, John, I think it was somebody came to John. John was fearless. He said, uh, he said hey, I'm afraid of flying. And, 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 and John read that verse. And he said, see, that's what I mean. He said, lo, I'm with you always. All right. Must have been Joel. No. <laughs> Wherever you go, he's with you. He's with you in the high places and the low places. A couple scriptures to end. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. It says, a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart of your flesh. I'll give you a new heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit within you. Cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And one of my favorites, we'll end with this, 1 John 4, 4, says this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Say that. Say, the greater one, the greater one is, is living in me. Living in I don't need to fear. To I'm that. not afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Ha, ha, ha. ha, ha. Victory. Resides in me Glory to God Hallelujah Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast To partner with this ministry Or for any additional information Please visit LibertyChristianCenter.org